You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome, everyone, to RB1 Colon Fantasy Football the Podcast, part of the Fake Teams Podcast channel. I am the loather of the Blind Zebra Confederation of the NFL. Said Christian McCaffrey would go a thousand, a thousand before it was cool, and friends with the Oracle, your humble host, Pete Rogers. And I am joined by some of the guys. We have DK Metcalf's number one admirer, caster of the double reverse chutzpah, and founder, president, and treasurer of Gotti Chubb for Nick Chubb fan club, resident old man Clark Barnes, and El Sabatira, captain of the Jameis Winston is really just Peyton Manning pirate ship, and proud father Quentin Nelson, the weatherman Jordan Smith. Guys, Pro Bowl rosters are out, and I know Jordan, you especially, are enraged at snubbed players and i bet that you have some flaming hot takes for this one actually my flaming hot take is that fans and media should not get mad at pro bowl voting because it is like a fan vote like people just tweet and retweet who they want to vote i understand that there are contract incentives to making the pro bowl which is Honestly, blame your agent for doing that because Pro Bowl literally doesn't matter anymore. But it's I literally could not care. I can't remember the last time I actually watched a Pro Bowl. <laughs> it might have been when Sean Taylor lit up that punter. Ooh, like that yeah. might have been the last time I actually sat down and watched one. Back when defense mattered. Yeah. I think anytime we allow the public to vote on something, it's kind of a jumped the shark thing as yeah. we every four years for the past 40 or 50 years nationally so people are stupid as we were talking about before we started recording this show in the offseason is going to be a political podcast and we're we're already we're already laying the groundwork for it uh yeah the fact that it's the like 12 ravens players are in the pro bowl which the ravens are a great team don't get me wrong but like just the amount of voting just it's it is entirely a popularity contest and if you're going to have contract incentives looped to it how about we loop those to you know all pro teams which are actually did lamar make it uh he did i believe but just i know thank god it it was close it was very close uh blake bortles was the his toughest competitor as the backup in the different conference so i don't know how that happened but you know fan voting is crazy it turns into like who is the most engaged and rabid fan base. Like obviously Ravens fans are going to be super engaged this year because their team is on a roll, but like you will notice in other crazy fan vote things, like if Donald driver is on dancing with the stars, you better believe he's going to rake in a buttload of votes, which is exactly what he did because right. Packers fans are insane. So that's just exactly what the pro bowl is. Yeah. And that, that everyone was made like ESPN was making a big deal. It's like Tom Brady didn't go to, didn't get voted for his first fo- Pro Bowl since 2003. It's like, 
Tom Brady hasn't gone to a fucking Pro Bowl ever because he just doesn't do it because it's stupid. And like, oh, I'm sure he's really upset about the fact that he didn't get a Pro Bowl knob. I mean, the playbook is pretty clear. You just say Patriots and Tom Brady and the ratings go up like a quarter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's pretty. We've been trying it. We, <laughs> you know, forever. I, I have been like making all kinds of hot Patriots accusations on this podcast and uh, nothing, nothing's come of it. So it's really upsetting. Clearly, we're doing something wrong. for the Raiders before I, we started this podcast. I know. So. I completely changed myself. I got a Patriot. I got a Boston tattoo to like really feel acclimate like I was part of that community. Man. And uh, and no bump in ratings. It's really upsetting. We have to. We have, what we have to do is we have to get out in the forefront of some sort of accusation. We have to be like the source for some sort of cheating scandal. We have to be more like the regular media. We just have to make things up. Mm, yes. Yes. Yep. One hundred percent. Let's not make things up. Let's take it a step further and just start planting things. <laughs> like that's... we should just be the root cause of it. No, nobody figures it out. Even better. Yeah, that's perfect. Even I mean, better. Like no one knows what we look like, so we can be very just slip in suddenly. Uh, I don't know what while Brady's sleeping, just take a pump him full of a bunch of PEDs. Got a scandal. That worked well for that one movie. What movie uh, was it where they broke into Tom Brady's house? It was like Mark Wahlberg. Was it Ted Two? It was Ted Two. Yeah. Yes. And he throws let's, a perfect spiral. Let's break in. We'll break in Tom we'll break Brady's in. house. Like a Seth MacFarlane and Mark Wahlberg movie. <laughs> That's where we got our strategy from, and it's going to be a highly successful. I promise. If if Seth if I trust Seth, Seth MacFarlane about anything, it's planning on how to break into Tom Brady's house. I'm sure he had a foolproof plan as to how to do it. What could go wrong? Nothing. Uh, all right. Should we get to uh, the final starts and sits of the season, Week 16? As as Clark was talking off the pod the 10% of fantasy people who are like who this episode is applicable to congratulations you're in the finals well done or you're in the toilet bowl and you're trying your darndest not to lose it uh those are kind of the only two situations i can really see caring about what your lineup is going to be this week so nonetheless we got starts and sits for you uh, we start implemented this new method because we love to explore and try new things. Implemented this new method on last week's show. We love it. We're running with it again. We've got four categories of starts that we're going to be talking about this week. We have must starts, sneaky starts, scary starts, and sit his ass on the bench. Um, so we'll start with must starts. And Jordan, let's start with you. Who's your must start for this week? Uh, my must start this week, I'm not sure I'm... Um breaking any sort of revelations here but it's joe mixon um he hasn't had the greatest season overall but right now you just shouldn't think about the rest of the season and worry about it you gotta think about who's hot because who's hot is going to help you win an actual championship um he's been over the past six weeks and this is via uh, rich freebar um, over the past six weeks, he trails only Christian McCaffrey in total scrimmage yards. So not just rushing yards, total scrimmage yards. And if you go by average, since Derrick Henry had a bye during that time, um, he trails uh, Christian McCaffrey and Derrick Henry in um, scrimmage yards per game average. Uh, if you take away the passing yards, he's still third most in rushing yards since week nine. And yeah, he's playing the Miami Dolphins, which is a pretty great matchup, especially if you watched him dance around at the backfield and turn negative plays into positive ones against one of the best defenses in, in the league last week in the New England Patriots. 
Yeah, he just dropped, I think it was like 18 plus PPR points on the Patriots. So I, I think he's a lock too. If you've got him in your lineup, you 100% should be starting him. And he has a chance to be like a top five back this week, given his matchup. And just given, you're right, how hot he's been for the last third of the season. Yeah, I like it. Uh, you know, I like to speak things into existence on the podcast. Really need the Bengals-Dolphins game to be a hot one. We are taking <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick and Devontae Parker to the championship for Tustin. Yeah, Mixon's looked really uh, – well, sorry. Mixon has been putting up good numbers as the Bengals uh, finish out their number one pick earning season, and I think he'll he'll be doing just fine against Old Miami. Presumably the Bengals are going to go Joe Burrow with their – one number one pick uh do they keep andy dalton or do we see andy dalton get traded this offseason i'm excited there's like a there's gonna be a low-key like veteran quarterback market this year which i'm excited for is uh does anybody know if andy dalton's still under contract i'm not entirely sure on that if he is free agent oh well if he's still under contract i see the bengals doing something like they draft Joe Burrow and then they keep Andy Dalton on the roster in some capacity, either as a mentor figure or uh, start Joe Burrow after Andy Dalton uh, is terrible for the first few weeks and then switch him on at the bye. Looks Maybe like he's, he's got one more year on his deal. Okay. Maybe the Bengals could draft Joe Burrow number one and then trade for Josh Rosen. I've heard Josh Rosen loves going to a team <laughs> where they just drafted a quarterback. Well, that's going to happen to him anyways. Cause they're going to, cause the uh, dolphins are going to draft two or more than likely. And poor Josh Rosen, just, just a shitty way to start your career. Uh, Clark, who's your must start this week? Yeah. My, my must start's a little obvious too, but uh, Brashad Perriman, uh, any worries about him? Picking up the mantle for the completely decimated Tampa Bay wide receiver core were put to bed with his 113 yards and three touchdowns. Three goddamn touchdowns. Last week. Uh, Jameis chucks it, and he has done it all year. It was a bit of a pain to figure out whether it was going to be Godwin or Evans, and now that problem has been solved, and Rashad Perriman's the answer. So if you have him, yes, this is a close-out-the-year league-winning guy. I would put him in over, you know, almost every wide receiver in the league. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's playing. This was hilarious this weekend. I love Jameis. Jameis has gone from like quarterback who I was just like, all right, Tampa Bay, you've got to just rid yourself of him, move on to now being like Tampa Bay. If you don't offer Jameis a contract, you are fucking up hardcore. Oh no, they should definitely not do that. Like, Except for the fact that he's so exciting and so he works perfectly in this offense. I mean, Brett Favre is the exact same quarterback who just throws stupid interceptions all the time, but you run with what Brett Favre can provide you in a passing game. I mean, Jameis Winston is going to lead the NFL in passing yards this year and still has still thrown for 20, whatever, 27 uh, interceptions while throwing like 30 touchdowns. I, I am here for it. I think you can put Jameis Winston on like, the San Francisco 49ers, like a team that's suddenly good at taking the ball away from an opponent and he can win you a Super Bowl if he has like a very turnover heavy defense on the other side of him. This is Jordan, Jordan's, Jordan's the captain of the bandwagon. You know, Jordan's hype is coming through about these Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's not going to get off the, get off the horse now. I mean, it's, it's a little bit of what you saw with him in Florida state that 
uh, defense he had was one of the best college football has ever seen. And they made his mistakes just look less and less. Cause he still threw those interceptions when he was there. Like it was pretty tough. He also had Dalvin cook behind him, but that's another story. Yeah. I'm, I'm here for uh, Bruce Arians trading a fifth round pick to get David Johnson on this team. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Who says no. David Johnson, my guy. I know. Anyway, Brashad Perriman, I like it. I love it because I laughed hysterically every time I got a notification that Brashad Perriman <laughs> got me another touchdown in uh, one of my semifinals that there's no way I was expected to even come close to advancing. But my guy coming out of nowhere. Coming out of nowhere. Me. And tooting my own horn here for a second, I put Brashad Perriman in an hour before kickoff because I was like, you know what? You got to roll the dice if you're not projected to win by a lot, but you need a wild card in there. Tossed him in, sent me to the finals. Let's go. There's no better wild card. Uh, My most start this week is not a sure thing that you guys have addressed, uh, but someone who I'm very confident in this week, it's Tariq Cohen who's been heavily evolved in the Bears passing game. Uh, he's averaged six targets a game this season, and he's seen a whopping 16 targets over the last two games. And they're going up against Kansas City, who we all know their run defense is less than stellar. But more importantly, they've allowed the second most receiving yards and third most receiving touchdowns to back. So given Tariq Cohen's role as that kind of basically pass catcher out of the backfield and going up against a team that can't really stop that, I really like him to have a big game yeah, I don't like Tariq Cohen on his own necessarily, um, mostly because I just feel like he's used weirdly as like this gadget player that when you know he's out there, you know what the Bears are going to do. But I do like that matchup uh, against the Chiefs if, um, you know, they're allowing a lot of passing yards and receptions to running backs, then that's all you really need. Use yeah. a matchup. Cohen is a tough play. He can go off and have those games where everybody who believes in him uh, is going to go see, and or he could get you two points on the back of Mitchell Trubisky's complete ineptitude at, at quarterback. The matchup is good. Kansas City's defense is much improved, but they're much improved from one of the worst defenses in the league. And so I think Cohen is at least going to have plenty of opportunity because the Bears are going to have to put up some points this weekend. Is there a correlation between those look I told you so games with uh Mitch Trubisky receiving the exact same look I told you so type of comments I feel like Mitch Trubisky every now and then will just like score three touchdowns randomly I wonder if those there's like actually there's actually if you look at if you look at the last five weeks let me just confirm this if you look at the last five weeks, there's actually almost an exact opposite correlation, <laughs> which is just adds more like, cra- craziness to it, to the whole bears offense. Cause you would think that when Mitchell Trubisky was having a big game, his one of like his number two target basically behind Allen Robinson would also have a big game, but no, it's basically when Mitchell Trubisky is like panicking and throwing the ball short. That's when Tariq Cohen has a, has a big game. Yeah, especially the last three games. Against Detroit and Dallas, Trubisky had huge games, and Tariq Cohen didn't do much of anything. But against Green Bay, Tariq Cohen had a good game, and Mitchell Trubisky threw two interceptions. 
so if you believe in both of those guys, at least every week you can say, I told you so. About exactly. <laughs> exactly. Bears fans at least have someone they can, uh, they can rub in your face once a week. Yeah. Also uh, bears fans who are in my mentions at the beginning of the year, eight and eight bears. Guess what's literally about to happen this year. Eight and eight bears. Suck it. Let's uh, let's move to sneaky <laughs> sneaky starts. Sneaky starts for this week, uh, and I'm going to start. And this one's for you, Clark. It's your boy Will Fuller. He's a streaky player, but we know what he can do in the passing game with the Texans with the Sean Watson. Uh, he's only seen under six targets in three games this season when he's healthy and on the field. And the Bucks defense. This uh, this defense is just such such a prime matchup for wide receivers. They're allowing the most points and most yards, and they've given up the second most forty plus yard passes uh, this season. So I think Will Fuller. There's I I, he, I don't think he's a lock to have a big game, but I think that he could come into this game and just torch this defense and have a, a classic Will Fuller like hundred and thirty and two touchdown game, which uh, gives you plenty of upside if you're willing to to take the risk. So one of the not strangest things, but a very odd thing this year has been that when Will Fuller is healthy, he is the guy who scores the fantasy points in Houston. Uh, He's coming into this game banged up. Like he has every game that he's played this year. Uh, But if I have any confidence that he's going to play the entire game, Will Fuller's up there with Rashad Perriman is kind of like the top five, six receivers each week Uh, or well this week. Cause you gotta go, you gotta go for it with the Super Bowl. You get, you don't have, you don't make stupid plays, but you gotta, you gotta go for the points. And I think Will Fuller has shown us all year that in his big games, he has potentially the biggest games of the week. Of note, don't forget fantasy heads that this is a Saturday game and there's Ooh, three of them on Saturday good point. and none to or today while you're listening to this <laughs> podcast on a Thursday, there are none tonight. So you got a little bit of extra time, but don't forget, set those lineups before happy hour on Friday. Um, I'm hoping that Houston and Tampa Bay just turn this into a track meet. God, that would be um, awesome. Just throwing the ball all over the place. It's in Tampa Bay. I'd feel a little bit better if it was in a dome because who knows what can happen outside. Um, but Will Fuller needs to have a good game in order for DeAndre Hopkins to have a good game. So I think that's something that you should be rooting for if you're a Will Fuller fan or if you have him on your team, if you have DeAndre Hopkins, if you're just Houston invested all around. Um, You saw this weekend when – who did the Texans play? I'm blanking on it already. The uh, Titans. Who did they play last weekend? The Titans. Yeah, the Titans. When we took control Um, of the division, defeating the Vrabelud Titans. Take that. Take that, Tana Trill. Got to win yeah. when it matters. Oh, but they got in week 17. was a little um, fade Tannehill thing. We're not going to talk about that. We're moving on. But Will Fuller forced the Titans to, like, basically stop, uh, and Kenny Stills a little bit, to stop doubling DeAndre Hopkins. So um, that offense really kind of needs Will Fuller to get rolling for all the gears to start moving. Say a prayer for his hamstrings. Just stay healthy. It's, it's because he's too fast. He just outruns his muscles' health. They can never yeah. catch up to him. It's fair. It's science. That's scientific. <laughs> Don't, Nick's not here to so, challenge me and to tell me that that's not how legs work or injuries work. But it's how it works, Nick. It's how science injury. works. Yeah. You come to a conclusion and then you find science to back up your conclusion. 
and damn it, I found the science. <laughs> uh, Jordan, who is a, a, a sneaky start for you this week? Uh, my sneaky start, and this is a guy I might start in place of uh, a fade and a sit this week. So um, it'll come into a bigger picture why I'm talking about him right now. Greg Ward Jr., the uh, Eagles number one wide receiver that I'm pretty sure they might have, you know, picked up at a, a Safeway or a, a Whole Foods. I'm not sure which one. Uh, I'm kidding. I'm sure Greg Ward was doing other things, but he's just one of those guys who just came in so and good. nobody knows who he is. He used to play quarterback. Um, but the good news is that he had nine starts in the past two games. Um, Alshon Jeffries on IR uh, reports today. Nelson Aguilar is kind of, it was quote status quo. I'm not sure what that means, but he's been injured means since week six. So that means, it means he's probably not going to play. And even if he does, he's not going to catch the passes that comes anyway. Um, now, a lot of his targets in the last game against Washington pretty much came on the uh, fourth quarter drive uh, towards the end of the game. Uh, that touchdown came towards the end of the game, but the good news is that fourth quarter drive wasn't a garbage time drive. It was one to march down the field and win the game. And those four targets that Greg Ward had on that drive, I believe those four targets. Uh, I think that just kind of showed how much Carson Wentz was trusting him towards the end of the game and that clutch critical moment. So you hope that sort of uh, chemistry momentum carries on into the next game, which is a must win against Dallas. Um, they really got to pull that one out in order to uh, try to take the division. Um, so I'm, I, I think Greg Ward can be a sneaky start, especially if you're in a deeper league, uh, you need some flex position play. Um, yeah, I, I like it as the, you know, basically the de facto number one. It's this happens each year and we completely forget about it, but you spend the entire fantasy year playing your studs to get into the championship. And then we're throwing around. Then you just throw you know, every risk you've got. Yeah. <laughs> Perriman, Ward. I mean, and these guys are going to win yeah. and lose championships. So I, I, I do like the call. He's getting the run. So. Yeah. And the Cowboys have been vulnerable. The last four weeks, they've given up the 10th most points to wide receivers. So like who else is Carson Wentz going to be throwing the football to? Other Zach than Zach Ertz. Yeah. Which, which, I mean, they've, Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard have shown to been able to have very successful fantasy, but I mean, so has, you know, Greg Ward was looked upon and relied upon on that final drive to win the game against Washington last week. It's a good sign. Clark, who you got? So uh, we're going back to the Bengals in Miami game. And I don't know if this qualifies because uh, I don't have any of this person and I kind of get laser focused on my team especially when I can't watch any of the games in real time. Tyler Boyd is a sneaky start in this game. Is that super obvious? Uh, he is okay at quarterback. I'm glad, uh, or it, I'm sad that Nick's not here to roll his eyes at me and <laughs> say that uh, Andy Dalton is like the 31st best quarterback in the league, uh, like his boy Eli. Uh, Miami is horrible against the pass, and Tyler Boyd is a really talented player who's obviously the number one for Cincinnati. So it may be tough to rely on old Andy Dalton for your fantasy championship. Uh, but if you have Boyd, I'd, I'd probably try to find a way to get him in there because, you know, Fitzpatrick and Parker are going to put up some points. They're going to they're gonna light the league on fire. That's right. Honestly, 
I'm not entirely sure about Tyler Boyd because I have I haven't seen him play all season long, even though I've watched a lot of Joe Mixon. But uh, that's mostly like red zone stuff when I see Joe Mixon running for 20 yards. Um, but sure. Yeah, <laughs> I guess no, the Dolphins. I- yeah, Boyd, Boyd has looked good in the last three and the last four weeks, three out of the last four weeks, he scored upwards of 13 PPR points. So like, I mean, he's still the number one guy in that Bengals passing game and against the Dolphins. That's something you can rely upon being successful. It's a matchup you can take advantage of. This is just all this is going to be for me is I'm in my head creating a uh, DFS lineup with just everyone who we're talking like all of these peripheral fringe receivers that were like, well, these are now the guys you're trusting. Screw all the big names. It's like, yep, this is it. I'm going to create a DFS lineup with this, and I'm going to make millions. And then this podcast will be a TV show. <gasps> yes. That's yes. great. Yeah. I'm good looking. I need to get on TV. You do, Clark. You do. Jordan, uh, yeah, not so much. Podcast. Jordan, you need to work on your, uh, on your I don't know, aesthetic. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Just get me in a makeup chair. Perfect. There we go. No, you're right, Clark. We are a very good looking podcast. We would be we would be a good show to be on television. Just not tooting our own horn. We're just stating facts. Just like Netflix, what we do. get at us. Netflix. You know what you haven't touched at all, Netflix? Sports. Don't make anything. Yeah. Let's uh let's make an RB1 talk show. We'll come out weekly and we will talk sports for you. That's a demographic you're still still needing to get at. So get out of this, Netflix. Um, before we get into our scary starts and our sit him on the bench, we're going to take a quick ad break. This could be you, Netflix. You could be an ad right here. You could control where these ads are or what they say, Netflix. Just saying. Ad break. <laughs> get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, we are back, uh, and it is time for Scary Starts. Uh, basically fades guys who are not entirely confident in going into this week. Clark, who you got? So again, not sure if this is a completely bold answer, <laughs> but uh, it, it at least sounds bold for people who haven't been paying attention to fantasy for the last couple of months. I'm going to fade Aaron Rodgers this week. He's the ninth QB overall uh, during the Rodgers apocalypse. I feel like sometimes we forget, you know, he's been playing okay and it has at least had some big games. He's been kind of stumbling down the stretch uh, against the Vikings, who have just been playing everyone tough all year, able to control the clock. Uh, a little bit of that in question with Dalvin Cook, and it looks like Alexander Madison slated to miss the game. Uh, 
Slogfest division game, I'm going to bench Rodgers if I have someone like Ryan Fitzpatrick or maybe even Christian Kirk as a start instead. The thing is, as the resident Packers fan, <laughs> that Rodgers has been doing well. Uh, part of that is because he's just not throwing interceptions. Like he, that's one area in which he's just like not going to lose you any points, but he's not like, I can't think of his highest scoring total this year, but it's 30 points against based, Kansas City Chiefs, by the way, or no, 46 against Oakland. Remember, he had that six touchdown game. Oh, yeah. But if, for the majority of the games, it's been like it's been two touchdowns ish. Um, I do like to talk about how terrible Xavier Rhodes has been. Uh, he's like one of the worst cornerbacks in the league suddenly, which is pretty juicy. But at the same time, it's Devontae Adams and short arms Marquez Valdez Scantling. <laughs> Clark, you just, see that? Do you, just oh talking God. about the Packers just to get Jordan all riled up. Do you guys see that deep pass that no? MVS just like – he was he had a walk-in like 60 yard touchdown and he puts his hands out and this is a audio medium but they were just like <laughs> this not is why we need a show extended. netflix they were like bent uh, yeah whatever um yeah i totally agree with you clark that aaron Rodgers, while being a very productive actual football quarterback who has led the packers to a 11 and 3 record and uh doesn't throw interceptions because he's much rather throw it away out of bounds than uh, didn't try to make a tight throw and try to, you know, actually be good at his job. Uh, Fantasy-wise, he's been very average. And there are streamable quarterbacks or quarterbacks that you've likely had on your team uh, who are in better matchups and are a little more trustworthy for this final feat of uh, fantasy dominance. This week, the the guy, you're not going to realistically bench this guy, but I am a little nervous about my boy Nick Chubb. Uh, he's facing the Ravens defense. Who's allowing the fewest points to running backs over the last four weeks and the fifth fewest on the season. I like he is basically it's him and Kareem hunt are the only things that are actually functioning in this Browns offense, which has me thinking that maybe the Ravens would key in on them, but that hasn't seemed to stop Nick Chubb in games prior because he's still been one of the best running backs in the league this year, uh, regardless of the fact that nothing on the Browns works. But I don't think that a single game, like a single digit game is wildly out of the question for him this week, given how the Ravens have been playing and uh, and what the Browns really have to offer in terms of other weapons for them to worry about. I'm a little I'm a little scared. Yeah, that one's tough. Uh, It's really hard to to sit Nick Chubb, but it's a bold fade. Certainly bolder than my Aaron Rodgers. I got to give you that. And I I don't even think I mean, I don't even like it's, it's it's just. I like to, I like to, in my head, I like to justify it by saying this. If you have Nick Chubb on your team, prepare for possibly a underperforming game from him by being like, okay, then I'm, I'm going to put Nick Chubb and I'm going to take a risk by playing, you know, Brashard Perryman or Will Fuller or someone who could just go off and have just a freaking ridiculous day that would help make up for the difference if Nick Chubb does have a average to less than average. Yeah, that makes sense. There are players that, like, if you're in the finals, you don't want to, like, screw around too much. And it's like, well, this guy's, like, the RB4. I'm going to keep him in anyway. But be prepared and have, like, 
somebody in to supplement, like take the chance somewhere else. And um, like, I, I did that with a lineup this week, the Brashad Perriman lineup, actually, I was thinking about putting Perriman in for James Conner because I was like, Oh, well, James Conner, he's going to play. Usually he can score pretty well. He might score 20, but he also has the shoulder thing. So he might not do very well. So you just gotta, you gotta play that game a little bit. Yeah. I would have happily started Brashard Perriman or, uh, or Will Fuller or anyone over Cooper cup last week, even though Cooper cup got the garbage time touchdown to like make his numbers look better. Cooper Cup and I are very having a very tumultuous time in our relationship at this current moment. It's, it's getting. It sounds like it's getting personal. Pete. It's getting very personal. I feel like he is just out to ruin my fantasy, and he did. He did ruin. Probably. It. Probably. I think Tyler his, his sole purpose in life is to ruin my fantasy uh, fantasy team. Jordan, who you got? That's uh, that's worrying you this week. Um, this is a guy that I usually have plugged in week in and week out and now I'm just I might sit him entirely and that's Kenny Galladay for the Detroit Lions this is a guy who's pretty much a consummate wide receiver too uh sometimes he just throws a dud in there but you kind of want to play him because he's just a, a big target Marvin Jones is on IR so he should be the number one but uh since David Blau is it David I don't know Blau took over at as the quarterback on Thanksgiving Day. Um, Kenny Galladay blew up. He had 158 yards that first game, but since then he's had 58 and 44. Um, he only has two touchdowns over that span, including none last week, which was a big bummer. And um, Amendola and Amendola, Amendola, Almondola, Almondola. Uh, <laughs> he has out-targeted. Kenny Galladay in all three games, eight targets, eight targets, and then 13 this past week. Oh my God. Um, that's just not what you want, especially against a Denver team who is uh, in the top 10 in fantasy points allowed to opposing wide receivers. So Kenny Galladay, I am nervous about, and he's somebody that, you know, maybe a, a Perriman or a Greg Ward could reasonably fit in and do better. Yeah, I had him as one of my must-starts for my uh, top five plays that I do every week. And as I said, start him because, look, like you said, there was no Marvin Jones. He's basically the only guy who David Blau can pass the ball to, and you're playing Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This matchup couldn't get better. And then he did a whole bunch of nothing. So I had, there's a lot of receivers who are on my my hit list, and Kenny Galladay's on it. I would never actually do anything to you. Don't worry, Kenny Galladay. You are six foot two eighteen, six four two eighteen, and could beat the shit out of me. So I won't actually come at you. But yeah, no, I, I think he's certainly somewhat to fade this week. Yeah, you don't have to talk me into fading the Lions as they stumble towards the finish. So nice call. Seriously. Matt I mean Patricia. there's a chance that Kenny Galladay just might not play. Like there's always that strong possibility. I'm always so confused when you have these absolute stud amongst stud players on teams that are going nowhere why you continue to play them like the josh jacobs in oakland thing well he's being he's he's out this week right this week but he's been playing with a broken shoulder for weeks 
don't, don't. Why? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this to your rookie running back who's shown you plenty to be like, we now have a franchise running back for at least the next five years. Like, why are you now going to base? I mean, this is, this was everyone's thing with, we, you can go all the way back to Mike Shanahan with RG three where RG three, you know, whatever sprained his MCL. And then Shanahan's like, no, we're putting you out there. Then there goes his ACL and he's done for his career. Because some people don't have any problem literally sacrificing others for their benefit. Amen. I guess Amen. it's not literally sacrificing, but it's pretty close. We we are I talking about the using that word. Yeah. We are talking about the Detroit Lions here. And as I recall, they had a like a pretty good wide receiver who they pretty much trotted out and forced to play every game, every year as they spiraled into obscurity. So yeah. That's Cal- not great. You deserve better, Calvin Johnson. It is when you look back on that those teams, you're just like, it is truly miraculous that Calvin Johnson did like put up the stat lines that he did. When you have like, I mean, look at like John Kitna was his quarterback for a hot second. It's like, good God. Get this man in, at a serviceable passer and a team that actually cares. Uh, anyways. Yeah, there's a long list of players who were done wrong by their teams and were just their greatness was not ever ever able to be shown on the biggest stage. Um, all right, final category, sit his ass on the bench. Clark, whose ass is going on the bench this week for you? So I think this one this one will actually be a hot take. The Patriots DST going up against the Bills as they sit. Uh the Patriots put, paid the played the Bills in week four and put up 13 fantasy points off the back of four interceptions in one of the ugliest quarterback games that I've ever seen someone play. And I've watched several of the Bills games <laughs> this year. I just don't see how the Bills are going to not be able to move the ball at least a little bit more efficiently. And I'm going to call my shot here. I don't think Josh Allen throws four interceptions again this week. I think the Patriots can win, uh, but they are stumbling a little bit down the stretch. The Bills are looking really good. Uh, so I think if you can get away from the Patriots DST this weekend, you should. And as far as who you should start, a little tease for Ooh. the site. Patty Cooper always does great work, has some great DST ranks, which you should check out. Nice. Well done. Way to get that plug in there. Uh, yeah, I actually, my my ass that's going to the bench is also a Patriots player against the Bills. It's I, Julian Edelman. Hot take. I know he's the only pass catcher in New England, but... He's wicked banged up. He he can't like there there are videos coming out of him at practice and he like can't even walk. Uh, he only had nine yards on two catches versus the Bengals last week. And prior to that, his worst game of the year was against the Bills back in week four, where he had four catches for 30 yards with fantasy championships on the line. I don't I'm not playing him. I wouldn't play him. I don't trust him. I don't trust this Patriots offense. And I'm now not trusting Julian Edelman to be healthy enough to be Brady's like go to guy. The kill Harry time. Okay. Mark it down. Patriots 43, Bills 7. <laughs> with with five interceptions and Julian Edelman's going for 203 touchdowns. I just said he wouldn't throw four interceptions. Mm, I'd say he would never, not said, never said more than four. I think I, I would play the Pats defense just because I think they have a high floor. Um, but I don't know if I would seriously consider playing anybody else on the Patriots and the offense. Cause I'm just, I don't know what's really going on They're there. Garbage. I'm not sure who is going to be consistent enough 
at least to help you win at a critical time. Like you want somebody to go out there and guarantee that they'll be good, not somebody like a, a dart throw, which it seems like that's what the Patriots are. And the Buffalo Bills defense is also very, very good. Very good. Yep. I totally agree with, with all of that. Uh, Jordan, uh, whose ass are you taking? and uh, placing on the bench. It is with a heavy heart and a solemn mind that <laughs> I must advise for people to bench Odell Beckham Jr. Mm. It is time, if you haven't already, if you haven't sold your stock of OBJ yet, if you haven't subbed him out for somebody who you weren't even sure was going to be good this year, like a Devonte Parker or uh, other flex players like a Kenyon Drake. Uh, it's just time. Um, I'm tired of waiting for him to boom. Like he has had some very decent games. Uh, he's put up like 20 points and 14 points, but other times he's put up like six. And it is more clear that Jarvis Landry is the top play option from that receiving court if you were to play anybody. Um, however, with that, with the lingering sports hernia that we're finally hearing about and the Ravens defense, whom the, the Cleveland Browns, they played really well against the Ravens earlier this year. It might have been their best game of the season. That was when Nick Chubb just decided to go off and the Ravens just laid a turd on the field, but the Ravens defense is the definition of that one unit that just gets better over the course of the season and gels. Uh, it's like the, the Colts offensive line last year when suddenly mm -hmm. the last six weeks of the season, they were just running people over. Um, that's the Ravens defense this year. They finally caught up to a degree to their offense, their defensive backs are locked down. Um, and one thing that should really just put the nail in the coffin for the Odell Beckham Jr. starts is that Odell Beckham has six double digit target games this season and zero double digit catch games. So he's getting games. He has some where he's up at like 13 targets, but it's not one of those things where he's getting, you know, 10 targets and nine catches. It's like 13 targets and like eight catches maybe. So he's, it's, it's a microcosm of his season in Cleveland where the opportunities are somewhat there, but he is not making the most of it. Yeah. I, he should have been benched weeks ago on your fantasy team, but he certainly should be benched this week when real important games are on the line. And there's no, like, even, even if he like puts together a miraculous game and goes off, that's, that's the instance where you say, Hey, okay, good for you, Odell. Like I will take that on my bench because for the entirety of the season, you've shown us nothing but average to below average fantasy play. And I'm not risking that. I also believe he's like wide receiver 34 right now. So if you have some better plays, then I would suggest looking at them. Yes, you should have better plays. Uh, is he in Cleveland next year? Yeah, I think the Cleveland Browns need to make a personnel change at head coach. That's no, what that's, I mean, 
you've got to do that in order to save Baker Mayfield because Baker Mayfield right now is in real trouble of being a complete bust. Yep. And that seemingly is on uh, Freddie Kitchens because he can't. Oh, I think it is. Oh, I think it's entirely like he can't call an offense. He doesn't know what he's doing. Baker Mayfield showed like all the tools to be one of the guys in the NFL last season. And suddenly maybe he's just fallen off a cliff. I don't think it's the attention or, you know, the, the commercials because the Browns had hard knocks like during Baker's rookie season. And he handled that fine. He played well after that. I think it's just this archaic Cleveland offense that they're just not putting him in a good position to be successful. Agreed. 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 So there you go. Week 16 starts and sits. Good luck to everyone out there. Uh, Before we go for the last time of the season, we are going to get the Oracle on the phone. She is back in the continental United States of America. Uh, We have a question for her from someone on Facebook who reached out to us. So let us get her on the line. Hello. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Good, thanks. All right. Are you ready for your final question of 2019? Final. Putting putting your 100% record at risk. Is it really? You no? you are still perfect. I know. Oh, we are. We God, are. Too much pressure. I feel like I gotta run for the hills. Well, we could tell you that you failed multiple times. If that would be better. Yeah, that'd make it easier. Okay, okay. You failed multiple times. You're you're terrible okay. at this, and I don't know why we keep calling you. Uh, all right, so this is from someone who is a listener on the show who asks, and of course, I will give you background on these players. Worry not. Okay. Do Does he start Brashard Perryman or A.J. Brown? Now, okay. here's what you need to know about these two receivers. Both of them okay. have come on strong towards the end of the season. Uh, Brashad Perriman plays for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and is going up against the Houston Texans who have had difficulty stopping wide receivers. Uh, The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have lost their two starting wide receivers. So he, Brashad Perriman is now thrust into a big starting role and is coming off of a game in which he scored three touchdowns. I know. Meanwhile, AJ Brown uh, is having a phenomenal close to his rookie year um, has become the number one receiver in Tennessee and is taking on the new Orleans saints who equally over the last four weeks have struggled to control and stop wide receivers. So the question is basically which of these two hot wide receivers should he be starting this week in the championships of his fantasy uh, league? Okay. And uh, who would be playing at home and who'd be playing away? Let's bring that up. The Tennessee Titans. So AJ Brown is playing at home, and the uh, and so is Bashar Perriman, who's also playing at home. Gosh, these are like equally weighted. I know this is this is truly putting your record on the line. So this is almost like eeny meeny miny mo, honey. <laughs> don't don't reveal your secrets. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well. We're going to go with 
I'm sure this will instill utter and complete confidence for, for this person as he uh, puts his fantasy finals on the line for starting a player because you just, that's the only name you remembered. Excellent. Well, we'll get back to you and we'll let you know whether or not your perfect exactly. record has that, stated. That's just the way my powers work. Only the name that is right. <laughs> it's true. I, we don't know how your powers work. Scientists are trying to figure it out. How this brain works for years. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, thanks, Ma. You're welcome. Anytime. Bye. Bye-bye. There you have it. There you have it. Brashard Perriman has not only Clark's seal of approval and our seal of approval, but the Oracle seal approval this week. What I find really interesting is that your mom and I used the same method. <laughs> it's the only name you remembered. Yep. <laughs> there it is. Uh, all right. Well, that's it. That's, that's the conclusion to the fantasy season, more or less. So, I mean, from us here on the RB1 podcast, thank you to all you listeners who tuned in uh, for the fantasy season and interacted with us and gave us feedback and listened to us occasionally. Make sure to subscribe. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, iTunes, everywhere you got it. We are going to be gone because it's the holidays. We are going to be gone for the next eh, two weeks or so. We'll be back at you in 2020. uh, And we'll probably be back to our once a weeks uh, since the fantasy season's over. And we will just be uh, talking NFL news as it comes down during the offseason. But again, big thanks to everyone who has listened over this year. We really appreciate all of that you guys have done. We've seen a huge growth in the podcast through the three years that we've been doing this and this was our best year. So we really appreciate all you guys who've been listening uh, through uh, to us for the whole time. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at RB one podcast, follow myself at Peter and Rogers, follow Clark at NFL Clark and Jordan at Jordan underscore Smith 27. And make sure to follow Nick, even though he's not here at ginger underscore underscore Nick without a K. Uh, happy week 16 to everyone we hope that if you are in a championship you are successful happy 2019 everyone and we will talk to you in the new year until then